But if you're the Patriots, it makes no sense whatsoever. And quite frankly, it scares the hell out of me. And it scares me because here we go again. You know, is this Bill Belichick only looking at defensive players again? You're going to you're going to potentially give up a third round draft pick. Obviously, he didn't do that. But if you're making a call on Chase Young, they're not giving him away for a Snickers and a freaking and a, and a freaking candy bar or anything like that. So, like, obviously, it's going to take a lot to get a player of that caliber. So, if you're Bill Belichick and you're and you're making calls on another defensive player, I mean, it just it scares me when it comes to the rebuilding of this team at the in the offseason. You know, we've talked about it the last few weeks. Is Belichick the right guy to make these these big time decisions? When the Patriots enter the offseason, it's time to start rebuilding things. Are we just going to continue to do what we've always done? Go after the big defensive names and then just try to, you know, penny pick when it comes to the offensive side of the football. It's just, it's just same old, same old. Hey there, and welcome in to the Patriots Wire podcast. Glad to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here, playing host. Joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy is the expert. He's the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you doing, my friend, this week? I'm doing great, my man. It's It's been a crazy morning, man. You know, with all this Josh McDaniels news and everything coming out, and the Patriots obviously not doing anything at the trade deadline, so... I'm I'm excited. You know, there, there's a little there's a little excitement in the air. Got a little adrenaline flowing now. I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. How about you, my friend? Yeah, feeling good. The McDaniel stuff is tough. I feel bad for Josh McDaniels. I think he's a good coach. We'll get into him a little bit. Uh, maybe just pick the 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 wrong organization and the Raiders and their ownership and their whole franchise. And <laughs> it's been a dumpster fire for a long time. It was certainly it was lit up again after that Monday night loss to the Lions. I'm a little surprised he got fired now, but. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we got some thoughts on that. McDaniel's in the all the offensive, I guess all the Patriots coaches he had taken with him and the GM Ziegler, Ziegler, all the guys that from New England he took with him to the all blown out of Las Vegas. So we'll we'll get back to that here coming up. But let's start, Jordy, with the uh, trade deadline. The Patriots obviously losing to the Dolphins, falling to two and six. You're thinking, okay, are they going to do some things like we saw their next opponent, Washington, do? Uh, the Giants sold off a. a player Leonard Williams to get a pick uh we were wondering would the Patriots sell off one of their players to kind of start positioning themselves for the rebuild next year that's kind of what you do when you're two and six but according to Albert Breer who covers the Patriots they listened to offers on guys like Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar and Mike on when you maybe made some calls but ultimately they stand pat what do you think about that decision Jordy them doing nothing at the deadline well I'm actually not surprised you know I mean, the Patriots are in a unique situation right here. Now, Ron, I would tell you that no head coach wants to tank. Like, I get it. Fans, we're like, hell, throw the throw the entire season. Let's let's throw it all out. Throw it in the garbage. It's been uh, bad. Yep. Oh, uh, but, but if you're a head coach, you're not trying to lose football games. I mean, you want to look good. Like, what what head coach wants to lose the rest of the way out? But the Patriots, they're in a unique situation because the head coach is also the GM. So normally the executives would make the decision because the executives, they kind of, they, they, they look a little bit further off into the future. Obviously they care about the present, but they're positioning teams to succeed in the future. So if you're Bill Belichick, you want to win games now, obviously because you're a head coach, you want to save face. You don't want to, you don't want to look bad and have a horrendous record at the end of the year. But at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's an all-time winning record that's kind of hanging over the season yeah, as well. Maybe, you may maybe. be trying to 
snatches snatch as many wins as you could possibly get at this point. But I can I can see Bill Belichick looking at the roster, not wanting to throw it all away completely. And here's the thing: they probably weren't going to get a lot of great offers anyway. You know, it was reported that Mac Jones didn't receive any calls, according to the Athletics Jeff Howe. So there was no calls on Mac Jones for anybody. No one was beating down the Patriots' door trying to sign their third-year quarterback. And then, obviously, some of the other trade pieces are what? Maybe Ezekiel Elliott? There was no trade calls on him as well, reportedly. And then you have maybe Micah Winyu. I mean, it's, what are you going to get for him at this point? He hasn't looked great this season on the offensive line. He's been a little bit banged up, got moved to right tackle, which he's looked a little bit better, but – Still, what is he on the offensive line? So, you know, his value isn't exactly high right now. And then, obviously, the the biggest trade piece that you might have is Josh Uche. And then we all see Chase Young go for a freaking third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. So, all the hope and talk of Josh Uche going for a third or a fourth, especially a third, was definitely out the window at that point, the moment that Chase Young went to the 49ers. So, it's just... I don't think the value was necessarily there for the Patriots to make a move. And I'll be honest, I don't think Bill Belichick ever wanted to make a move in the first place. Yep, I think there's a lot of truth to everything you're saying. And I think a lot of it comes down to Bill, the GM, and the roster he's assembled, Jordy. Teams weren't coming calling for a lot of players. The Patriots don't have a Leonard Williams or a Montez Sweat or Chase Young to trade off right now. They just don't have that player that's going to be, you know, expiring contract to be too rich for their blood, all that. They don't really have that player. You could make comments about the talent on the team, and maybe that's an issue. They just don't have enough pieces to sell off to get good draft picks, right? That's that's what it is. And I, I think the Chase Young thing is very interesting. I I think that's a perfect take, right? Like him going for a third round pick, which is like, wow, wow, a third round pick it, for Chase Young, a franchise twenty four year old defensive end, right? Goes for a third round pick. It's it's amazing, uh, but that's what happened. It, it, it definitely tanked whatever market Josh Uche had in the trade market. Definitely. He he all of a sudden turns into the Josh Dobbs market, right? Like, yeah, we'll take Uche, <laughs> but we're going to swap sixth and seventh round picks, and that'll be the trade. That's totally that. So the Patriots are right not to just dump Josh Uche for that. I, I totally agree. But Chase Young's an interesting one, too, because reportedly, Jordy, the Patriots made inquiries into that player, right? They at least checked in to see what the price tag would be. Obviously, it wasn't that high. The 49ers got him for a third round pick. Uh it makes a ton of sense for the 49ers, though, to bring him in, right? Because if he walks, then it's no sweat off their back, right? Chase Young could walk in free agency. They could probably get a comp pick back for him. They could recoup that third-round pick, as Adam Schefter was tweeting about. It makes all the sense in the world for the 49ers to do it. What, the Patriots? So why would the Patriots be calling in on Chase Young, Jordy, right? Chase Young, whose contract is not only expiring, but he's been vocal about whether he's with Washington or another team. He doesn't even want to talk contract until this one's up. He wants to talk next the next contract with his next team or teams. In in other words, he wants to go to the free agent market. So are you trading for, are you inquiring on Chase Young because you want to franchise tag him? You want to give him a bag of money, which he's already said he doesn't really want to talk about right now. I, it makes sense for the 49ers. It doesn't make sense for a two and six Patriots team. Maybe you're just chasing the the wins and trying to get closer to Don Shula like you alluded to, Jordy, but why would they be calling in on Chase Young? I mean, I, I get the fact that they didn't make a move. Maybe the value wasn't there for an Uche. Kyle Duggar, you developed that player, not getting the value back. I get it. 
But Chase Young, why are the Patriots calling on that player? That makes no sense to me. It's almost like the Bears trading for Montez Sweat, a second rounder, right? It's like, what is a two and six team doing looking in on Chase Young? What do you think? You know what, Ron? I bet Chase Young would be absolutely thrilled to get traded to New England and then put on the franchise tag at the end of the season. Oh, I mean, I bet he'd be thrilled. So happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you're exactly right. It makes absolute sense for the San Francisco 49ers because their team is actually chasing a Super Bowl right now. Chasing, and now you have Chase Young there. Ha ha ha. Well done. Dad well done. Joke in there. Well done. <laughs> but Chase Young playing opposite of Nick Bosa. Like, yeah, I, I pray for every every offensive coordinator and quarterback in the NFC right now. That's crazy. But it makes sense for those guys. Those guys are still in the thick of things. They're still competing. You know, Chase Young actually going out to a good football team and not the freaking commanders anymore. I can see him getting excited about being there. And I can see the 49ers possibly at the end of the season forking over the money to keep him alongside Nick Bosa and continue to wreak havoc in their division over there. But if you're the Patriots, it makes no sense whatsoever. And quite frankly, it scares the hell out of me. And it scares me because here we go again. You know, is this Bill Belichick only looking at defensive players again? You're going to you're going to potentially give up a third round draft pick. Obviously, he didn't do that. But if you're making a call on Chase Young, they're not giving him away for a Snickers and a freaking and a, and a freaking candy bar or anything like that. So, like, obviously, it's going to take a lot to get a player of that caliber. So if you're Bill Belichick and you're and you're making calls on another defensive player, I mean, it just it scares me when it comes to the rebuilding of this team at the in the offseason. You know, we've talked about it the last few weeks. Is Belichick the right guy to make these these big time decisions when the Patriots enter the offseason and it's time to start rebuilding things? Are we just going to continue to do what we've always done? Go after the big defensive names and then just try to, you know, pity pick when it comes to the offensive side of the football. It's just it's just same old, same old. And it's another it's, it's more evidence that Bill Belichick might need to go in some people's eyes, especially when it comes to him as a general manager. I've already said it over the last few weeks. I love him as a head coach, but as a GM, I just think Bill is out of touch. You know, he's always going to do things the way that he does. He's going to prioritize defense. As you can see with the Chase Young call, if, if that really happened, and then obviously, you know, the offensive side of the ball will get overlooked. It's just it's just the way that it is at this point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, Chase Young, like calling it, do, it doesn't make any sense unless you're you want exclusive rights to franchise him or negotiate with him or whatever. Like I don't I don't know what the you could just sign the guy when he's a free agent next year. Just go get him then. Don't try to give up a, a pick for him. So yeah, that, it just doesn't make any sense. And a player he should be calling on, Jordy, is a player like Jerry Judy, who has been connected to the Patriots and trade talks in the past. I'm, I'm not sure if, if if it was a big thing at this trade deadline. You, some reports were out there that the Patriots are calling on Judy. Other teams were. I don't know. Who do you believe? But that's the kind of player they should be calling on, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, uh, he's cheap this year. He's His fifth-year option was picked up by Denver, which means you could get him for under $12 million. It's fully guaranteed, but it'd be, um, sorry, under $13 million, fully guaranteed for 2024, so he's under contract. You could get him in here. I mean, I'm not a big Jerry Judy fan, by the way. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't love the player, but I think you, you put him on the Patriots, he solves a big void. He's automatically your most talented number one receiver. He is a great route, route runner. He might fit pretty well with what the Patriots like to do. He can run routes. It's kind of his game. He's not like a burner down the sideline or anything. He's a route runner. 
So you could move him around. I mean, Judy makes a lot of sense for the Patriots to get him in here and see what it was. I mean, 12 million, 13 million for your number one receiver, not that bad. The franchise tag number is going to be up around 20 million, probably beyond in 2024. Jerry Judy's the kind of guy you should be calling for, not Chase Young. (laughs) I would have loved to see the Patriots go and make that kind of move. I'm not pissed that they didn't trade Uche or didn't trade Duggar. I'm fine. I think those are good players. Maybe they fit in the future. I don't know. But go get a player like this. Go get somebody to actually get an actual skill guy on your offense and see what it looks like. We're two and six. There's nothing to play for here. Chase Young does nothing for you when you're two and six on a rental. Jerry Judy, a guy who's under contract for a reasonable price in 2024, who's still young and you could plug him in and see if it works. I think he needs to change the scenery. I don't think he's a horrible player, but he needs a refresh from Denver. Denver needs a refresh from Judy, right? I just think he needs to... I think the Patriots would have been a great landing spot and they didn't get that done. So how serious was it? I don't know. I think I kind of blame Denver more than anything. I blame Denver more than the Patriots for this not getting done, Jordy, if it was a serious talk, because I think George Payton over there, the GM, he's kind of like Danny Ainge. You know, he's going to try to, he's going to try to fleece you. Uh, It's always every report you get about a trade rumor with the Broncos. It's that, oh, they're engaged in talks. They're serious, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to cost a lot. It's going to be a high asking price for that player. That's always the thing with Denver. It was like the Danny Ainge thing. It's why Judy and Justin Simmons and Cortland Sutton and all these sellable players on the Broncos roster right now were ultimately talked about but not traded. It's because George Payton's probably looking for a second-round pick for Jerry Judy when Belichick's like, no, I'll give you a, a fourth and you can give me Judy and a sixth or something like that. You know, That's probably the trade offer, something in that ballpark. And George Payton's like, no, Bill. First round pick for Jerry Judy. You know, I totally get it. That might be a little bit of hyperbole, but I totally think that's the thing. So it might just be that George Payton's impossible to do business with. I got to give Belichick a little credit on that side of it. But still, isn't Jerry Judy the perfect kind of move at the deadline? That's what I wanted to see the team do. A little disappointed nothing like that happened. Yeah, and I mean, you have every right to be disappointed. And be- before I get to Jerry Judy, I-, I wanted to bring up Duggar again. That's a guy that I could see the Patriots possibly – Extend and I didn't bring him up a second ago when I was talking about players that could have been traded. You know, um, that's a guy that I can see possibly getting extended in the offseason. Hopefully, Duggar has become kind of a kind of a locker room leader there. Really great player on the back end of that defense, and that's someone that you definitely don't want to undersell. Um, I, I love Duggar a lot, in New England, and hopefully he'll stick around. Even Bills made a comment about you know that this is this is why guys in his position get paid as much as they do. And Belichick doesn't usually gloat like that. So for him to say that, I'm kind of reading behind the lines there. And I think I think there could be something there with possibly Duggar maybe getting to stick around in New England. At least the Patriots, I feel like, will, will offer him something big. But moving on to Jerry Judy, obviously, that makes all the sense in the world for the Patriots. It would have made sense if the Patriots would have made a trade there. But like you said, the Dolphins I – mean, the Dolphins, sorry. I, mean, I still have the – still have nightmares the of the Dolphins kicking the Patriots' ass. Exactly. Last week. Goodness. The Broncos, you know, they wanted a lot for, for, for Judy. It was reported that they possibly wanted a first-round pick. This is, this is before the season started. Give me a break. Heading into the season. Yeah. Yeah, that they possibly wanted a first-round pick. Or if not a first, that they wanted a second-round pick plus a player. So, you know, they, they wanted a lot for this guy. Not sure exactly what the asking price was before the trade deadline. You would think you, you'd think that that number would have would have dipped quite quite a bit, especially seeing, how, seeing as Judy struggled somewhat this season. You know, 
getting called a jag <laughs> by freaking Steve Smith Jr. and <laughs> yeah. going out there and having that bad game, Steve Smith Sr. But, I mean, he's just – it hasn't been a great year for Judy. And he's not a guy that I can see coming into New England and necessarily solving all of their problems either. But you're absolutely right. He'd be one of the best receivers that they have now. Him and, him and DeMario Douglas over there, both of those guys would be pretty a pretty nice thing to have together right now instead of what you have now, which is DeMario Douglas – Jalen Rager, Tyquan Thornton, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kayshawn Booty. I mean, it's it's an absolute wreck out there at receiver for the Patriots right now. Now, the one thing I do like about Judy, and I'm looking more of a long-term thing, you know, you bring a guy like that in, and you pair him with Douglas, and then I'm liking the idea of still drafting a receiver high. You know, if you can go out there and you can get a big – uh, get a big receiver with the, with your first round pick, which should be pretty high this year. If you continue on on the the, the path of traje- the the projected path right now, which is losing a lot of football games, um, I love the idea of of going out there, being aggressive, getting a playmaker at receiver, getting the right guy, and pairing him with Judy and Douglas. And now all of a sudden, you're working with something. You're cooking with something here. I feel like that's the path to go. So that's why I would like a Judy to come in, not necessarily to see him as the number one receiving type of guy, because I don't think that's Judy's game. I really don't. You know, he he he's yet to really break out to that point. He hasn't really lived up to his first round draft stock. So I don't see that as being his game, but him being paired alongside a, another talented big threat receiver and then having Douglas work the middle of the field. Man, I, I, I like the sound of that a lot. So, you know, we'll we'll see if something something more comes of it in the offseason. Um, I, I think for whatever reason, I think the Broncos somehow think that they can compete right now, which is crazy to me. But you're looking at the AFC West division. It's an absolute it's an absolute dumpster fire unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now. So they just beat the Chiefs, Ryan. So maybe they think they can they can compete a little bit. It makes some noise, so they decided not to be as big as sellers as we all thought they would before the trade deadline. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it was that Chiefs game, you know, because the Chief, it, it was the Broncos being great. It wasn't the Chiefs being out there freaking. Oh, Patrick Mahomes has the sniffles, and Travis Kelsey's out traveled around. He was at he's going to World Series games and he's on his podcast and they're keeping up with Taylor Swift's tour. Oh, can we get out to can we get out to Europe for this tour? Can we figure it out during the season? <laughs> and the Chiefs seem worried about all kinds of things that aren't football right now. They're not the same team, Jordy, that was chasing Brady and the Patriots. I'll tell you that. They've let go of that rope a little bit. I still think they're a great team. I still think in December they'll be one of the best teams of football and a Super Bowl contender. I'm not going overboard here, but I was listening to the Get Up program this morning and they were talking about how the Travis Kelsey stuff and the Chiefs it was just a hiccup. It's a non-story. They're not distracted. Oh, they're, they are definitely distracted. They're busy smelling their own farts right now, and they have to get their head screwed up <laughs> back on. I totally, I totally believe that. And also, they are, they're doing the thing that the Patriots did to Brady, where they put a second-rate group of skill position guys around Mahomes, and there's a little bit of struggles on offense as well. So the Chiefs have some issues. I, I, maybe it, maybe it wasn't all Denver just being you know completely waking up and just dominating all of a sudden. Maybe, maybe the Chiefs had a little something to do with that. I don't know. Oh, by the way, they had beaten Denver 16 consecutive times. So maybe <laughs> maybe they just let go of the rope a little bit in that game. No, I think that's a fair point, Jordy. But uh, yeah, I think circling back real quick, I, I liked what you said about Duggar. I think the Patriots have to sign him. They have to. They have to bring him back. They didn't trade him. He's a good player. He's a guy you invested a high second round pick in, right, Duggar? So you 
you're not going to let that guy walk for nothing. You might get a comp pick, but you might not because the way I'm not smart enough to know the whole comp pick formula, Jordy. We were actually trying to figure it out this morning before we hit record. I don't know, but I do know that it factors in both free agents in and free agents out. And if you're out there spending, you have the most cap space in football entering 2024. So if you're out there spending big money in free agency, it'll affect the formula. And does that affect Duggar? I don't know. If he leaves, do you get a third round pick back? I don't know. I have no idea, but it's it's actually in question. It's not a guarantee. It depends on what you do in free agency. So uh, the Duggar thing, I don't want that player leaving for nothing. You didn't trade him at the deadline, so go ahead and sign him. Sounds like they're going to do that. That's where they're leaning. Pay the guy. Develop your players and pay them. It's not that hard. It's not that hard a concept, but circling back. He's to a defensive res- guy. Yeah. He's a defensive guy. So yeah. you normally don't have to worry about those guys getting paid with, when it comes to Belichick. Perfect point. Yep. Perfect point. He'll get his money because he's on the defensive side. Uh, circling back now to the offense, Kendrick Bourne out for the year with the ACL, Jordy. So now, I mean, the offense was actually looking a little bit better with Devontae Parker. And, well, I guess I should say less Devontae Parker, less Juju Smith-Schuster, more Demario Douglas and more born, right? The the offense is actually functioning a little bit better in the passing game. Now we have to shuffle the deck again. And I don't want, personally, I don't want more Parker. I don't want more Juju now. I, that's not what I want. I want, where where the hell is Tyquan Thornton? Like he's healthy. He was a healthy scratch for this game against the Dolphins. A Dolphins team that you knew was going to light you up with their speed. And you're, the fastest guy in your freaking roster is inactive. Where the hell is Tyquan? a kid you traded up for in the second round to get a couple of years ago. Where is this player? Why aren't you developing him? Like he should be in the lineup. We're two and six. The Patriots are two and six. Where's Tyquan Thornton? Where's Kayshawn Booty? He looked pretty good in week one. I know he didn't get his feet in bounds on the sideline. I know he's had some cryptic tweets or whatever. Maybe he's in trouble for tweeting. I don't know. It's time to get Tyquan Thornton and Kayshawn Booty out of the doghouse, Jordy. Put your young receivers on the freaking field with Demario Douglas and... Let's go. Let's see what you got. It's like, stop talking about Chase Young to see if we can go compete for a Super Bowl and get your veterans, Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster because, oh, those are the guys you paid and those are the guys that are supposed to... No, no, no. It's time for the the young guys, Tyquan Thornton, Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Mac Jones. What do you have here? Let's start making some decisions and evaluating guys, right? Where are these players? It's time to put them out there this week. Yeah, I mean, you make all the sense in the world, obviously. Again, here with Devontae Parker, it just hasn't worked, Ryan. You know, I mean, he's kind of dipped this season. And it's just, he used to be more of a 50-50 guy catching catching the ball at the high point or whatever. And it's just, he's not coming down with any of those plays this year. And obviously the Juju move has been a complete failure. It's completely, it's been Belichick completely falling flat on his face. It just, it hasn't worked and it hasn't been good. Um, but these guys are veteran guys, you know, Devontae Parker and Juju. These are guys that Belichick wants to play because of their name value. And they're out here and they're getting, they're getting more reps than, than, than they probably should be getting. But now you've kind of seen a turn, you know, Juju, Juju isn't getting the snaps that he was getting earlier in the season. And obviously Devontae Parker went down with that, with that injury last week, which should have been flagged by the rest. But I'm sure we'll get into that here in a second. Very frustrating concussion um, symptoms for for Devontae. So we'll see when he gets to come back. But now you're forced to go with your younger guys, right? You know, you have Pop Douglas out there, and Kayshawn Booty is a guy that's been a healthy scratch every single week except except for the first week of the season. So you'll have to get him out there some. And Tyquan Thornton, you would think he'll get to play after being a healthy scratch last week. But 
It just goes to show you, Ryan, that the Patriots, they have no no faith in what they have at receiver right now. It's a mess. You know, Tyquan Thornton, the fact that he was a healthy scratch should scare the hell out of Patriots fans because this is a guy that was a second-round draft pick last year, and he's a guy that you expected to take the next step in his game and be a contributor this year, and he hasn't done anything. He's just, he's just sat there. Obviously, he was hurt earlier in the year, but even on his comeback, he hasn't done anything. You know, he's been a complete ghost out there. And then Kayshawn Booty, he's not getting this, he's not getting reps out there. So these guys obviously just they're not good enough right now. They're not. I mean, we hope that they can show something, but they're not good enough right now. And if you're Belichick, you're the one making these decisions. I mean, it's just it goes to show that you have to you got some serious work to do, buddy, in the offseason if you're the one in charge of rebuilding this thing and getting this roster back on track. So, yeah, I'd love to see these guys out there, see them get some more reps. But at the end of the day, they're not good enough. Belichick is the one seeing them behind the scenes, and he knows. He knows they're not good enough. But at the end of the day, they're his choices, right? Those are his choices. So it is what it is. It is what it is to steal Belichick's famous line. Yeah, I mean, if Tyquan Thornton isn't a better option than Juju Smith-Schuster right now as we're speaking – that's that should scare the hell out of you. It scares the hell out of me. I mean, I rarely have to pull up the injury report to see what what's going on with a player, but I'm like, Taekwon's healthy, right? And I literally pulled up the injury report and saw coach's decision, and I had a little bit of a, a momentary. I was like, I'm ready to throw the remote, Jordy, on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, like that's so frustrating. Why isn't he in the freaking game? Like, he's a, he was one of the reasons you didn't go and draft. Uh, a high wide receiver in the draft last year, right? Or go in the free agency or, you know, you let Jacoby. Tyquan Thornton was supposed to have a bigger role this year. Where the hell is he? Can he not play? Is that the problem? Is he too frail? Like, is that the problem? Did you screw up? Did you screw up that pick? Are you waving the white flag on that pick? Healthy scratch? I mean, come on. Uh, In your biggest game of the year, too. I mean, three and five is a big difference between three and five and two and six, right, Jordy? But yeah, I, I can I could rant about the Tyquan Thornton thing all day. I mean, a kid you traded up in the second round for, uh, you know, bypassing a George Pickens, bypassing Sky Moore, some of these other receivers that were picked after him, and he's now a healthy scratch. It's like when you have no solutions at wide receiver, he's a healthy scratch. I, I could go on and on about that. So frustrating. Uh, but we'll we'll see. He might be on the field against the Commanders. Who did you a favor if you're a Patriots fan and the Patriots because they traded their best pass rushers, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We'll get into that matchup here coming up next. And also Josh McDaniels out along with all his Patriotites out from Vegas fired. We'll talk about that as well coming up next. But first, here's some fantasy advice from the huddle.com. I'm Corey Bonini of the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week nine. Quarterback Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Coming off the bye, Prescott enjoyed the best game of his season, passing for 304 yards and four touchdowns. He threw just six TDs in the prior six games. He also lit up Philly last year for 347 yards and three touchdowns. And the Eagles just allowed Sam Howell to throw for nearly 400 yards and four scores of his own. There's plenty of potential versus a Philadelphia secondary that just hasn't been the same since Jonathan Gannon left to become Arizona's head coach. Running back Royce Freeman, Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. Freeman is on the upswing here, even with Daryl Henderson seeing the majority of reps over the last two games. Each has scored once on the ground in alternating contests, but Freeman has been much more efficient, and that could work in his favor to garner more touches this week. Green Bay has been trampled by running backs on the ground, 
And that's where Freeman could be a sly play in fantasy. However, he's a little bit of a risky play in any format. Roll with Royce only in the moment of desperation. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Tennessee Titans. Johnson caught five passes for 79 yards in his week seven return. And he followed it up with 85 yards on eight grabs last Sunday, both of which easily led the club. His touchdown drought has reached 21 games, but his high involvement since returning from IR gives him decent wide receiver three appeal. Tennessee has given up the fourth most PPR points per game to the position, and most of that is due to volume. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots versus Washington Commanders. Henry's wasteland of a season continues on. He has not topped 9.1 PPR points or scored since week two, and the former Charger has no more than three targets in any game in the last month of play. All of that could change since Washington has been abysmal versus the position. This matchup rates in the top eight for receptions and yardage per game, as well as ease of touchdowns in relation to catches allowed. If you need to cover a bye, the matchup is well worth the risk. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. Jordy, you got to feel bad for Josh McDaniels, right? Uh, so McDaniels fired. I think he's, I think he's a really good coach. I think he, I think people that call him an offensive mastermind, all this, I think that is true. But I just think he really, he just has a thing where he comes into a franchise, Jordy, and he says, no, we're going to take the franchise quarterback you have in place. In Denver, it was Jay Cutler. In Vegas, it was Derek Carr. We're going to remove this quarterback and we're going to bring in Kyle Orton and Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like the guy you bring in is like worse than the guy you shipped out. And it just doesn't work. And it blows up in his face and he gets fired. And I just think I think he's good at that piece of it, but picking his quarterback and implementing his offense at another place that's not the Patriots with another quarterback that's not Tom Brady has been a problem for him. Uh, so, what do you think about him getting fired? It, it, I actually I feel bad for him. I think he's a good coach. Where does he end up next? I have no idea. I have a hard time believing he ends up back in Foxborough. And oh, by the way, Belichick was asked about that possibility, and he said, "quote." Just getting ready for Washington. So thanks for the insight, Bill. We appreciate it. Uh, but what do you think about this whole deal with in Vegas that broke uh, late Tuesday night? You got to always appreciate Bill for the deep insight at those press conferences. Oh yes, I, I mean, mean what a great. Answer. That's what we all want to talk about: is getting ready for the freaking Washington Commanders. We're two and six. We suck, <laughs> right? But no, let's not talk about in- interesting things going on around the league, like the trade deadline and Josh McDaniels getting fired. No, no, no. Let's just get ready for Washington. That's what we all want to talk about. Imagine being fired when losing to the Lions when they're actually a good football team. <laughs> I mean, poor, poor Josh McDaniels, man. You know, I hate it for him. I'll, I love Josh McDaniels in, in New England. Like, he's he was a – I would call him an offensive mastermind. I agree with you there. Uh, he was an incredible offensive coach. And, obviously, Mac Jones had his best year with Josh McDaniels right by his side, right? Mac Jones was a, was a Pro Bowl quarterback yep. in his rookie year. With the Patriots, and the offense looked completely different when Josh McDaniels was there calling the plays. And there actually looked like the, like there was hope. And then Josh McDaniels goes off to the Raiders, Matt Patricia comes along, and then everything goes to hell, and the rest is history. But with Josh McDaniels being fired, I would expect that the Patriots would be interested in bringing him in in some sort of way as maybe a senior advisor. You know, you already have Bill O'Brien there as, as your offensive coordinator, but – I would want Josh McDaniels back in back in Mac Jones's ear, talking him up and 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 may, maybe helping this helping this offense out to some degree. But here's the thing: if and it, you know, and it, we did a piece on it on Patriots Wire today, this early this morning, talking about you know just fans' reaction, 
Patriots fans' reactions to, to Josh being let go. And obviously, everybody's talking about Josh coming back to New England. Look, man, Josh McDaniels is a damn good offensive coordinator, but nobody can save this Patriots offense right now. Uh, Joe Judge had those – he had those those shirts made, or those sweatshirts made that said no one is coming to help. You know what? Nobody's coming to help. It ended up being a self-fulfilling prophecy there because no one can help this team. Could Josh McDaniels maybe maybe lead the offense in a better direction? Maybe he has some ideas and put some thoughts in there that can maybe make them be a little bit more successful? Yeah, yeah, possibly. But you don't have the personnel there to make anything happen right now. So that, that's what it's all going to come down to is what the Patriots do in the offseason. And then – then maybe Bill O'Brien and some Josh McDaniels magic can work, but hate seeing him lose his job. You know, it's like Josh. It's like Josh has a. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if he's struggling trying to find his own identity or something at times. But it's almost like he's bringing the Patriot way, quote unquote, wherever he goes. He tried to do it in Denver. It didn't work. And then obviously you're going to you're going to to Las Vegas, and he's he's basically bringing the Patriots with him. I mean, he's bringing coaches with him, bringing players with him. Like you just mentioned, freaking Jimmy Garoppolo coming over there, and none of it's working. So I, I, I love him as an offensive coordinator in New England, maybe an offensive coordinator elsewhere, but head coach, I just I don't I don't see it right now. I really don't. Uh, we'll see if he gets another opportunity in the future, but I would think that would be a way, way, way long ways off if it even happens at this point. Yeah, I think I think McDaniel's has a great offense and he has a great plan, a great scheme, and he can he can do it. But I think he it's like he's gone from like a MacBook Pro like supercomputer to like one of those old, you know, Dells from the early two thousands that barely worked. You know, you need that supercomputer at uh, quarterback. You you can't have the the friggin' knockoff, you know, cheap computer you go to Best Buy and buy, right? Like Jordy, you can't the, the thing that barely connects to the internet, you know, you you're waiting for your page <laughs> to load, like you need Tom Brady running that offense. I mean, Brady could process it and make it work. It's a, turning out to be a little bit tougher to pull off with other quarterbacks, I think, for Josh McDaniels. But, yeah, it's it's funny. He brought his Patriots coaches with him. You're right. He brought in Patriots players. Jacoby Myers was another one, right, that they brought in. Uh, but Vegas is basically saying, take all your Patriot people and, and leave. Dave Ziegler, Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, goodbye. You're all, you're all gone. You're fired. Good, goodbye. Get out of here. Get out of Vegas. So... Uh, that's wild. But uh, what's interesting, too, and not to harp too much on the Raiders, but the guy that's been named the interim coach is a guy named Antonio Pierce, who might sound familiar to Patriots fans because he was a, a key player on the Giants team that beat the Patriots in 2007, that Super Bowl. And he actually made some huge plays in the NFC Championship game that helped the Giants get to the Super Bowl. So I, while I respect Antonio Pierce, and we'll see how he does in that role as interim coach, Jordy, I... How dare you, Antonio Pierce, letting the helping the Giants get to that Super Bowl? There was only one team that had the balls to beat the Patriots, and it was the Giants that year. And Antonio Pierce was a big reason why. So I think the similarities continue, the connections. Antonio Pierce, Patriots killer in 2007 on that defense, uh, ends up being the interim coach for the Raiders, replacing Josh McDaniels. It's kind of kind of interesting how that all plays out. You know what, Ron? I would have been good going through this podcast and not bringing Antonio Pierce up yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I still, I still have nightmares from my from my childhood of watching of watching the Giants just absolutely destroy the Patriots' perfect season. I think I was depressed for two weeks after that game. So good for Antonio Pierce. You know, 
not good for me because that's back in the news headline again. Yeah, seeing seeing Antonio Pierce um, getting that job, but but good for him. Congratulations to him, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I was watching uh, all the commentary on the you know the national talk shows this morning, and they mentioned Antonio Pierce as the interim coach, and I was just like, oh. you just remember two thousand seven. It's just <laughs> there's no other reaction. It's just like, oh god, yeah, two thousand seven. Oh, how dare you, Giants? Oh god. Actually, I blame the Patriots. Can't blame the Giants for that one. But uh, so we j- we're just getting ready for Washington, though, as Belichick said, Jordy. So let's get ready for Washington. Uh, game of the week, as you said earlier. Uh, game of the week. Yeah, I know Miami's playing the Chiefs, right? And uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Cincinnati, another one. But that's not going to hold anything to Patriots commanders this week. This is going to be what a game. What a game. Mac Jones versus Carson Wentz Jr. Sam Howell. It's going to be this going to be a great game. Great game. The Patriots. No surprise, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this one because Washington just traded their best players. Montez Sweat and Chase Young, both gone. Good Goodbye. They're selling over there. Selling. So that should help your chances to win, but I'm not sure how much. I actually think that uh, Washington is kind of scary, even without Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, that's just where I'm at with the Patriots right now. But give me your opening take on this matchup, Jordy. What do you think? Yeah, I actually like the Patriots. This week, um, you won't hear me say that a lot this year, so so get used to it. Uh, no, sorry, don't get used to it. But obviously, like you just said, the the commanders they're kind of se- they were sellers before the trade deadline. Chase Young and Montez Sweat both gone, so hopefully the hopefully the tackle situation can be sustainable this week. We'll see. Trent Brown was 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 kind of limping a little bit there at the end of that game against the Dolphins, which which was just frustrating. It's a frustrating day for injuries for the Patriots, losing multiple guys in that game. And we'll see if Trent Brown's good to go, but that's a storyline to keep an eye on if he's not healthy before this game against the Commanders. And, you know, even without some of those pass rushers there, the Commanders might have an opportunity to get after Mac Jones. And we all see what happens when Mac Jones gets a little pressure on him. So hopefully the offensive line can hold up. I expect the Patriots to be – they'll be back at home and – you know, the offense has shown some strides, Ryan, in the last few weeks, even against the Dolphins. There were some stretches where they looked okay, but then, you know, a, a turnover here or, or a questionable call by an official or something, you know, and then obviously no points come of it. So against the Commanders being back at home, being back in Foxborough, I expect the Patriots to come out swinging, and I expect them to do a good job. Um I don't like the fact that they're playing the Commanders because this is my fear that the Patriots would win some games they shouldn't win and and and, and possibly give up that top five draft pick. But I do expect them to win some games this season. And this is one of those games. This is a stretch here for the Patriots coming up where the Patriots, you know, they, they might shockingly go on a little run here. You know, you got the Commanders coming up, and then obviously you got the Colts, and then you got the Giants. The Chargers haven't looked great. Steelers look great defensively, but we know what they are on offense. They're not that good. So this could be a stretch where the Patriots can give us a little fool's gold here and win some games, and I expect there to be some fool's gold on Sunday with the Patriots taking out the Commanders in what should be a thrilling offensive <laughs> display of excellence and just a fun, fun shootout type of game. Mm-hmm. Not really. Just like Washington Philly last week, just lots of points on the board, back and forth, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's what we're expecting. No, no, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be very ugly. Uh, but yeah, I can see that. I can see the Patriots winning some games here and that making the crafts think, hmm, 
we can pull this off with Bill Belichick, right? Yeah, we can write this ship with Bill Belichick, and we just continue doing this song and dance for a couple more years to come. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, when I think about Washington, now it, I think it's easy to say, oh, yeah, they traded Chase Young, they traded Montez Sweat. So let's, you know, the, the Patriots are going to roll in this one, right? That should help their offense. That's an easy one. But when I think about Washington, immediately I think of a team that kind of plays it, you know, ground and pound type of game, right? With Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson. I picture a team that runs the football, plays some defense, leans on that pass rush, all that stuff, Jordy. That has not been the 2023 commanders with Sam Howell. They are actually fourth in the league in pass attempts per game, if you can believe that. They're fourth in football. They average 38 and a half pass attempts per game. They are a team that puts the ball in Sam Howell's hands and sees if he can go go and win it. And I, I called him Carson Wentz Jr. earlier because he's Carson Wentz. You know, he... He's either really good and kind of impressive out there, or he is really bad and getting sacked like five, six, seven times, and Washington has no chance turning it over. You don't know what Sam Howell you're going to get. Hopefully, we get the bad Sam Howell uh, in this game, but you never know. He could be the good Sam Howell, like the like we saw against the Eagles this past week, where he was 39 of 52, 52 pass attempts in that one. Passed for about 400 yards, four touchdowns. He did have the back-breaking interception that led to Washington's demise in that game. Uh, but you know, I mean, 400 yards, four touchdowns, like when's Mac Jones going to put up numbers like that? Not, not anytime soon. Like Sam Howell's he's dangerous in some of these spots and they have good skill position guys, right? Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. I mentioned the running backs. They have weapons on offense. They're, they're a team that could score some points that'll put the ball in the air and test you a little bit. And for me on the other side of the ball, I just, how do you, how can you back the Patriots to beat anyone in the league right now by more than a field goal? The Patriots are three and a half point favorites. How do you back them to beat anybody by more than a field goal, Jordy? Now Kendrick Bourne, their most productive receivers out. Devontae Parker might be out, although I think that might, you know, that might be, I don't want to say anything nasty. Devontae Parker, I'm sure is a fine person, but for the football team might be addition by subtraction. I'd rather see what these young guys, I'd rather see Tyquan Thornton and Keishon Booty in there and let's see what it looks like. But injuries, especially especially Kendrick Bourne, your most productive receiver, the guy that Mac Jones goes to the most, he's out. Like, are the Patriots really going to be able to outscore Washington? I'm not sold on it. Last I checked, though, Ron, the Washington Commanders, they don't have a guy named Tyree Kill at receiver who seems to be the only guy that just completely gives J.C. Jackson fits every time he's on the field. Uh, so as long as there's no Tyree kill there, I expect the Patriots defense to show up and make some plays in this game. And that's kind of why I'm leaning towards the Patriots. I expect this to just to kind of be a defensive game. I expect JC Jackson, Duggar, and some of those guys on the back end of that defense to maybe make some make some plays, get an interception or two, cause some turnovers, maybe wreak a little havoc on the field there. Keon White, Keon White, this could be this could be one of those games where he breaks out. You know, he made some plays there against the Dolphins, a team that has a lot of playmakers that are really good in space. And you're seeing a guy of Keon White size be able to make tackles, you know, in open space against some of these guys is pretty incredible. So I expect the Patriots defense to be the reason why they win this football game. Uh, Demario Douglas is a very talented player uh, on the receiving end. And obviously we hope that Devontae Parker's out there, but – you know, it's probably not looking good for him, especially if he's in concussion protocol. But I'm with you, Ryan. I, I'd like to see some of the younger guys get a get an opportunity in this game. Tyquan Thornton has shown he can make some plays when given the when given the opportunity and when utilized effectively. We'll see. This is his chance right here 
this is a chance right here to really take the reins and really change the narrative about him being a potential second round bust. You know, if he goes out here and he makes some plays, I'm sure he'll get more opportunities moving forward down the road. I'm not expecting much from Juju Smith-Schuster. He just he hasn't looked right all year long. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, this could be a chance for him to make some plays. So, Patriots are going to need some other guys to step up. They're going to need some other guys to play well. Washington's defense hasn't necessarily been great. I feel like the Patriots can move the ball on them. They can run the ball. They can they can make some throws, obviously hitting some of those tight ends. Pharaoh Brown, Ron, we, we, we never talk about him. He's a guy that is making some big plays for the Patriots. I like him. Who would have thought there? Yeah. Who would have thought with Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki, you would have thought those would be the top two guys. But I expect the Patriots to lean on their tight ends, run the football, you know, make some plays against this Washington defense with their pass rush kind of being nullified with those recent trades here. And I expect the Patriots to be able to put some points on the board in this game. And with the defense holding up its end on the other side, I expect the Patriots to, to come through and look good doing so in a game that nobody's going to care about at, at the end of things. <laughs> but it'll look good on the record, I guess. Patriots will be 3-6 and six by the end of Sunday. All right. Uh, you're you're- – you're kind of talking me into it, but not quite. I'm still going to take those points. I know I'm not sold. I, I'm just not sold. But hopefully we get, like I said, hopefully we get bad Sam Howell. But right now I'm, I'm taking those points, Jordy. But I'm, I'm rooting for your take over mine. How about that? Uh, what's going on Patriots Wire right now leading up to kickoff? You guys, I'm sure you just got finished covering the trade deadline. Been working on some stuff on Josh McDaniels. What, what else should folks be looking for on the site leading up to kickoff? Yeah, so we'll be keeping up. We'll keep, be keeping tabs on the Josh McDaniel story here. Um, that's obviously a big story right now in the news and the potential of him maybe coming back to New England. Belichick's not addressing it. I wouldn't expect him to address it. They're on to Washington. It makes sense, and everything's still kind of fresh right now. So, so we'll just we'll be keeping an eye on that one, and we'll be covering anything that comes out with that story. But this week, it's like Belichick said. It's on to Washington. We'll be covering everything leading up to kickoff, and we'll try to make it as, as, as exciting as possible. Can't even get the words out because I'll probably be drooling on my laptop most of this week, but we'll get it done. We always keep you guys covered. It'll be fun. We'll see what happens heading into this week. 100%. You're so excited about the game, this crazy matchup, Jordy, that you can barely get the words out. No, I, I definitely hear oh. you there. For sure. I'm hyped, Ron. You're you know hyped. what? Hey, You're here, here's one thing. Hopefully, hopefully the fans won't have to hear me crying about the refs this week. Yeah. Because, you know, you talked about throwing your you talked about nearly throwing your remote when you heard Taekwon Thornton wasn't playing. I threw my remote, my friend. I threw it at the at the TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ref we don't do a lot of ref talk on here. I just think it's a waste of time, but the refs are horrible across the league. It was that was terrible. That was terrible. And the Patriots got the worst of it in that game against Miami. Absolutely. We'll, we'll just say that that's, that's how we'll end it here. There's not much more to say. The refs are terrible, uh, but the Patriots aren't in the weight class of the dolphins. Let's all be honest with ourselves, right? That's just, that's just <laughs> what it yeah, is. They, they definitely didn't lose the game because yeah. of the refs. I would never, would never say that. Yeah. But that was some, some absolute to quote B, uh, Bill Belichick on the sideline there. BS. It was some big time BS. And I think Belichick used more colorful language during the game, but yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Let's hope it gets better. Patriots commanders will be watching that one. We'll be back next week to break it all down for Jordy McElroy and Ryan O'Leary. Thanks as always for joining the podcast. We'll catch you next week. 